0: Welcome to your October Investor Update. I'm Chris Tobias, Head of Design here at Nutmeg. I'm joined by James McManus, our Chief Investment Officer. Hi, James. Hi, Chris. James, September seemed a more volatile month than we've become accustomed to recently. How did global financial markets fare?
1: Well, September saw the first month of negative global equity returns since January, and despite losses not being particularly significant, it was an overall poor month for multi-asset investors given that government bonds, corporate bonds, and gold also all delivered negative returns. Uh, For the month, from an equity perspective, we've seen losses of around negative 4.1% for global equities with emerging markets holding up slightly better than their developed counterparts, but still with losses of around 4%. Now, Japan was the standout developed equity market up around 4.5% for the month, whilst UK large cap companies fared much better than many of their global peers in finishing the month broadly flat. That said, UK mid-caps couldn't continue their bright run. They were amongst the worst performers with returns of just over negative 4.2%. And it was also a poor month for US equities, down around 4.7%, and in particular the growth-focused NASDAQ, which underperformed the wider US market by a further 1%. Elsewhere, UK government bonds witnessed their worst month since February, with losses of around 3.7%, as bond yields rose across Western bond markets bond prices correspondingly falling. That also meant losses for corporate bonds, both higher and and lower quality, whilst gold also fell uh, around 3.1%. Finally, UK investors would have felt the impact of a weaker pound sterling and a stronger US dollar, particularly in the later stages of the month. Thanks, James.
0: And what were the main drivers behind market movements in the month?
1: Well, in the first half of the month, some volatility returned to global equity markets as investors digested uh, news surrounding the potential bankruptcy of of one of China's largest property developers, Evergrande, seeking to understand really whether there would be spillover effects into the wider Chinese and, and, in fact, global economic infrastructure. Now, Evergrande has attracted a lot of headlines due to its size. It has debts totaling around $300 billion, but this is not really a new story. As far back as February, restructuring plans for the company's debt had been rumoured to be been submitted. Um, that said, you know, the Chinese property market is an important part of the economy, so we expect the Chinese government to find ways to support the business As it restructures. um, It's worth saying that very few international investors are exposed directly uh, to Evergrande, uh, but the saga really just serves as yet another dynamic that's undermining sentiment in emerging markets at present. But the dominant driver of markets in the second half of the month however has really been government bond market moves led by UK government bonds, Western bond markets have seen bond yields rise sharply in September. That's as central bank policymakers offer their strongest hints yet that they'll begin to unwind some of the pandemic-era policies as the economic recovery takes hold and the Delta variant fears recede. In the UK, We've had rising energy prices coupled with continued wages growth and job vacancy data, in part as a result of of highly publicized labor shortages in some sectors. Uh, That's added additional inflationary dynamics for policymakers to contend with. That, along with the continued strength of the economic recovery, has really led investors to consider whether central banks may in fact move quicker than expected to normalize monetary policy, should growth hold and inflation prove to be stickier than predicted.
0: Given that government bonds are a core asset in many diversified investment portfolios, does that change how the team at Nutmeg view them?
1: Well, we've actually held less government bonds than we would typically expect to do so over the long term for some time now in our fully managed and socially responsible portfolios. expecting bond yields to rise as central banks slow bond purchase programs and move towards raising interest rates as the recovery progresses. Now, that's a, a very positive sign for the economy. It means it's no longer on life support, but, but bond yields move in opposite directions to bond prices, meaning when yields rise, bonds will lose money. Now clearly in the short term that is unattractive, but government bonds remain a really important diversifier in our portfolio's medium term. Um, So whilst we currently hold a a lower allocation in our actively managed portfolios because we believe the risk reward there is, is less favorable, we still retain some government bonds to manage risk given their safe haven nature
0: and the diversification that they typically offer when equity markets fall. So against this market backdrop, How did the Nutmeg fully managed portfolios perform during September? So
1: for the month of September, our lowest risk fully managed portfolios delivered returns of around negative 1.3%, Medium risk portfolios around negative 2% and our highest risk portfolios around negative 1.7%. In our socially responsible portfolios, meanwhile, they offered returns of around negative 1.3% in the lowest risk levels, negative 2% again in a typical medium risk portfolio and around losses of 2% in the highest risk SRI portfolios.
0: And given everything that's happened lately, have you made any changes to the Nutmeg fully managed portfolios?
1: We made a number of changes to the portfolios in the month of September. Firstly, in our highest-risk portfolios, we continue to reduce our holdings in growth-focused NASDAQ stocks in favor of adding exposure to US financial services. Now, financial services companies tend to perform well as the economy moves into a more mature recovery stage, and particularly as bond yields rise. But US banks also have excess capital reserves, money that was held in reserve for COVID issues that's no longer required, and that can now be used to fund stock purchases and increased dividends in the year ahead. Secondly, we adjusted the currency exposure of our portfolios uh, to reflect a more robust outlook for the U.S. dollar. That included removing holdings in gold from our portfolios given the typically inverse relationship that's observed between the U.S. dollar and gold. The U.S. dollars remained actually relatively resilient in the previous 12 months, despite rising commodity prices and inflation expectations. And as the Federal Reserve begins to dial back its emergency bond purchases as the economy recovers, we think the outlook for the US dollar has improved somewhat. Now, whilst gold is a useful portfolio diversifier, inflation expectations are already elevated uh, and any strength in the US dollar will be uh, a headwind to gold's performance going forward. Finally,
0: our customer question this month comes via our client services team. The question is, do investors need to be concerned about the US debt ceiling and a potential US government default?
1: Well, thanks for the question. The debt ceiling really is top of mind for investors as we move into October, but we believe the probability of a US default is really quite low. Now, for those who are unaware, the debt ceiling is the legal limit on borrowing for the US Treasury. Uh, it was previously suspended, but it came back into force in August this year. And since then, the U.S. Treasury has needed to be quite creative in how it continues to fund its activities. It's using what are called extraordinary measures, code for accounting tricks, to enable the U.S. government to pay for the spending that's already authorized in the last Congress. But Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has recently warned that the use of those extraordinary measures will run out by mid-October, and that raises the possibility that the US could then default on its obligations if the debt ceiling is not lifted or suspended. Now, in the past, raising or suspending that debt ceiling had taken place with bipartisan support, but the recent negotiations around the debt ceiling have become quite politicised through the links to the separate federal budget negotiations. But the federal budget is forward-looking, whereas the debt ceiling is related to spending that's already taken place or has been authorised. So we see the chances of a US default as relatively low. It remains technically possible, but we think it's an unlikely event given the significance and the magnitude of the political and financial damage that that would entail both domestically and internationally. So we expect lawmakers will reach an agreement on suspending the debt ceiling in the coming weeks or for the Democrats themselves to seek an extension on their own. But that doesn't mean there wouldn't be continued political brinkmanship, uh, which in itself could induce some market volatility. But I think despite their desire to use the debt ceiling to their advantage in negotiations, no US politician will want to be held responsible for the first US debt default in history uh, and the associated wider economic impact that that would have at such a critical point in the recovery. Thanks,
0: James. Thanks, Chris. And thank you for joining us. If you have a question for James or the investment team, or a topic you'd like us to discuss in next month's update, please contact us via social media, email, or the comment section below this video. We do have other exciting news. Over the last few months, we've been working on a new look for Nutmeg, which will launch in the coming days. We look forward to seeing you next month.
1: More information about this update is available in the description. As with all investing, your capital is at risk. The value of your portfolio with Nutmeg can go down as well as up, and you may get back less than you invest. Past or future performance indicators are not a reliable indicator of future performance.